From WNYU 89.1 FM, this is Dirty Money. Dirty Money is a podcast about how money and capitalism influence our bodies, sex, and relationships. I'm your host, Leah McBain. This is episode two, Class and Relationships. I love trash TV and I hate that I love it. Yes, I watch Sex of the City reruns. I like everything in the Bravo cinematic universe. And I've seen every episode of Gossip Girl twice, which is garbage. But all these shows, Below Deck, Real Housewives, Gossip Girl, Sex of the City, they have one actually good thing in common. Well, more like a lukewarm thing. They often bring up how class affects relationships. It's not always the most nuanced conversation, as you can imagine, but at least they're talking about it. There are way too many Dan and Serena examples on Gossip Girl to count, but one particularly classist but kind of transparent Sex in the City episode I always think back to is the cast system. But you're talking about more than a difference in income. You're talking about a difference in background and education. This guy is working class. Working class? Yeah, it's the millennium, sweetie. We don't say things like working class anymore. But you're trying to pretend that we live in a classless society. And we don't. It's kind of weird seeing these wealthy white ladies talk about class. But Charlotte, the snootiest out of all of them, kind of has a point. Class can't be ignored in relationships. A survey by Cash Lorette found that 48% of couples fight over money. That conflict can be exacerbated by differing attitudes shaped by differences in class. Even if couples don't fight about it, class differences in romantic relationships become visible pretty quickly. Frankie Pettigrew, F-R-A-N-K-I-E. I talked to Frankie Pettigrew, one of the DJs at WNYU. She's been with her girlfriend, Aislinn, a fellow DJ, for about a year now. Tell me how you met Aislinn and what drew you to her. We met through Tinder. Uh-huh. A classic love story of <laughs> swiping right and then just saying, like, hey, what's up? I don't know. Like, I just thought that she was pretty. She seemed interested in me. So we started going out. I just, like, asked her on a coffee date or something. They moved in together in August and adopted a hairless cat. I'm not going to make, like, a like a lesbian's joke about, <laughs> like, the evil, but, like, I mean, there was, there was time in between the U-Hauling. It was kind of quick after it was, like, okay, officially dating, living together. Mm-hmm. Like, that was only, like, a three-month span that we mostly spent apart. So, uh, like, a cautious U-Haul, for sure. <laughs> Tell me more about yourself. So, like, where are you from? I'm from South Orange, New Jersey. Uh, which is like a small suburban commuter town in northern Jersey, right outside of Newark. Uh, It's very weird. Like, Ultimate Frisbee was invented there. My dad is from Scotland. He was an acrobat. No way. Yeah, and now he's like a freelance video editor. Uh, He met my mom in a German-language production of Cats the Musical in (laughs) Hamburg, Germany. Where they were both in, you know, the the production. Uh, my mom owns a fitness slash dance studio, also choreographs at our local high school. And then I have like two younger siblings. So Aislinn told me that she like grew up like super 
rich. How would you describe yeah. the way she grew up? It's hard to tell. Like, I don't know, like, details, like, the day-to-day experience. But it definitely seems like she was, like, very, like, her family never had to worry about money. And I feel like that's, like, a real dividing line is between people who, like, didn't really have to even think about it and those who that just, like, you could see it in your parents that it was, like, a concern. And it was a concern in your family? Yeah. I mean, it was never, like, we're, like, upper middle class. You know, we're not, like, struggling. But my parents are both, like, either my mom's a small business owner and my dad's a freelancer. So, like, it's really based on, like, whatever the market is doing in terms of, like, what people want and, like, how much money people have to spend on things like videos or right dance classes. So, like... After the recession, it definitely got tough. You feel like you have differing attitudes towards money? Than Aislinn? Uh, yeah. There's definitely times where it's like, wow, like I would never spend money on that or like spend that much money on that. You know, like there are just like times like that. But I, I, I don't think that she's the kind of person who grew up with wealth who doesn't, who like takes it for granted. Like she definitely understands that it's like a great privilege to have but do you like think about it a lot in terms of in like the context of your relationship or is it like something that it's just sort of underlying I mean I don't think that I think about it a lot but it definitely does come up sometimes like I mean like I'm living on her apartment and not mine for a reason you know like her apartment's really really very nice nice, very nice place yeah so like sometimes you know some doubt can creep in about like oh no, like, is this money, like, influencing how I feel about things or, like, feel about, like, ways that I've been, like, talked to or something, you know, like, like, it it can just be, like, a, almost like a band-aid to cover up emotional issues in bad relationships, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry I did that, like, here, I'll help you with your rent this month or, like, here, like, I'll buy you food today, you know? Right. But, like, I don't think that that really happens in our relationship. Yeah, I mean, like, I've definitely had relationships in the past where it felt, like, kind of weird sometimes like that. Or, like, I don't know, labor of some kind was involved in the situation. And it can get really tricky. I mean, I I think it's also just kind of like a cultural expectation that that happens. That people will, like, use money as, like, a way to solve emotional pain in a relationship. I mean, like, that's just kind of, like, baked into, like, our justice system as well as, like, you know, how we think about money. That just, like, dating a rich person is, like, immediately better than dating someone of a lower socioeconomic status. How wealth disparity affects relationships is, like, such, like, a non-topic. Like, no one wants to talk about it, especially, like, with your partner. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, and, like, people want to be like, oh, it doesn't like I never think about it it doesn't like come up for us yeah but like it's got to at some point because like one of you at some point is gonna is gonna be like well I mean it only kind of makes sense that you'd cover this like assumptions start to become like habit I talked to one of my close friends Ezra They've covered a lot of costs for their fiancé of two years, Emily. They've paid for her transportation, clothes, food. So tell me how you met Emily. We were both in the same outpatient psychiatric program, actually. Weird way to meet your fiancé. And what drew you to her? 
Man, I, I remember, like, she was just, like, she's so commanding. Even though she was, like, deathly shy, I just, like, immediately wanted to talk to her. She's, like, this six... I shouldn't give her height. She'd be super embarrassed if I gave her height. She's very tall with this, like, curly red hair and, like... I was sort of attracted to the fact that, like, she didn't really seem to want to talk to anyone. Um, but she liked me, and I felt very special because of that. Describe to me, like, where you are in life and how you grew up. So, I'm a sophomore at USC right now. So, I grew up in Piedmont, which is, like, a pretty rich suburb in the Bay Area. And describe to me Emily's situation and how she grew up. Emily grew up in San Francisco. Her parents separated. I mean, her parents' marriage was pretty much never working out, but they kind of formally separated around when she was in high school. And she's been mostly living with her mom, who is unemployed and has some pretty major mental health issues. And her dad is definitely very well off, but doesn't provide for Emily in many senses. So right now, Due to that, she's not really in school. She's working a retail job right now in San Francisco and living with her mom as long as her mom will allow that. So you've told me before that sometimes money issues or class issues sort of become large conflicts in your relationship. When was the last time that happened? Um... I think most notably the last time that happened was when Emily came down to visit me at USC, which she can't do that often because she's working this part-time retail job, but it's pretty much full-time, so she doesn't get many days off. So she finally got a couple days off in a row and came down to visit me. And just the shock, I guess, of the difference in how our lives are right now really got to her and... We sort of had a fight about, like, the idea of resentment and the fact that, like, I guess in some ways, no matter how much I try to help use what I have to help her or provide for her, it still sucks that I'm always providing for her and that I will always have more than she has by default. Like, it's just not fair. And how do you feel about that resentment? It hurts. But I I can't imagine what it would be like to be in her situation. Like, my life is so much easier than hers on paper, and that's just blatantly unfair. But, yeah, I think a lot of our issues with tension right now will be resolved when we're just less scattered And I don't think it's any sort of bad inherent issue that's going to take us down in the long run, but yeah, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm villainizing Emily for like blaming me for class issues, so thought I'd throw that out there. Just as Frankie said earlier, we don't like to talk about class differences in our relationships, especially with our partners, but they exist. They cause tension. They impact existing power structures, ones along race, gender, ability, and others. Dating never happens on equal footing, but it's important to know where you stand before it causes problems. 
and these problems have to come to light first. Thanks for tuning in to Dirty Money from WNYU 89.1 FM. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or tune in next week from 7.15 to 7.30 to hear Episode 3, Incels. This episode was written, produced, edited, and hosted by me, Leah McBain. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kelly Drake, Anna Van Dyne, Ezra Copeland, and Frankie Pettigrew. Thanks for listening.